This is Annie Stevens Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, for December 31st, 2023. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Uh, It is a joy, it is a privilege and honor to have the opportunity to worship with you this morning. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all and a happy new year. I hope that you are enjoying your holiday season. I'm I'm enjoying it because I get to be here with you today. I want to say a special welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Welcome, welcome back. And I want to welcome those who are joining us online for our live stream. We are so grateful that you have uh, the chance to be with us in this way today. If you'd like to get to know our church a little bit better, you can go on our website, redeemer-cincy.org. That's redeemer-cincy with a Y.org. Click on the About tab there and you can learn more about us. Then contact us and we can learn about you and welcome you into this beloved community. Friends, I just have a few brief announcements and then we will begin our worship together. This coming Saturday is January 6th. 
that is the Feast of the Epiphany, and that signals our annual Kings and Crockpots Chili Cook-Off, the return of our Chili Cook-Off. So please join us this Saturday, January 6th, for that Epiphany celebration. We'll begin at 6 p.m. in the chapel for worship, a brief service, and then we will head into the Great Hall for the Chili Cook-Off. If you would like to uh, eat or compete or both, please do register so that we have that information. Uh, you can do so on the Church of the Redeemer app or on the website on the events page, uh, the events page under the Connect tab. You go to Connect and then Events, and you'll see it. We'd love to have you register. Listen, if you forget to register, please still come. But if you can register, that would be great. And we've had some wonderful chilies over the last couple of years. I hope that you will consider adding your own fantastic chili recipe to the mix. That's this coming Saturday, beginning at 6 p.m. Uh, a week from today, next Sunday, January 7th, we'll have a special education hour led by the Reverend Joanna Leiserson in the parlor. It's called Anti-Semitism in America. You will not want to miss that, so mark your calendars for next Sunday, immediately following this service, January 7th. And then two weeks from today, Sunday, January 14th, we will begin a new adult forum series, uh, Spirituality and Me, Opening Ourselves to the Presence of God. And this will be led by the Reverends Joanna Leiserson, Reverend Dr. Herschel Wade, and Reverend Joyce Keishan. The three of them are teaming up for this. It'll be a wonderful forum series. I hope that you will join us for that. All right, my friends. These are all the announcements that I plan to make. Oh, no, they're not at all the announcements I plan to make. Because there's Hannah in the back. Hello, Ms. Hannah. How are you? Merry Christmas. She's got uh, donuts and Jesus ready for all those elementary preschool through elementary school age children who'd like to join. Head over to the back with Ms. Hannah right now. She's going to take you to the chapel where both donuts and Jesus await. And then uh, you will return in time for communion and we will all take communion together. All right, these now, in fact, are all the announcements I plan to make. I invite you please to stand as you are able. We begin our worship together. be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's kingdom, now and Amen. Almighty God, unto you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts, 
by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the book of Isaiah. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The word of the Lord. Our response for the reading this morning comes from Psalm 147. And we will say it together in unison. Worship the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. He has established peace on your word. He has satisfied you with the finest food. He sends out his command to the earth. And his word runs very swiftly. 
A reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith could be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. The word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only son who is close to the father's heart who has made him known, the gospel of our Lord.
I'm not used to that, but oh, look, you can hear me now, right? All right. I turned it on and off. It doesn't seem to be. Hold on. Oh, yeah, it's on. It's just not working. All right. Well, I'm going to just take it off then. I have to tell you, I want to preach about this Galatians text, this letter from Paul that Andrea just read that means so much to me. Every text that you hear today is actually foundational to our, uh, to our faith, uh, as this is a celebration of Christmas time, and we are celebrating what Christ has done in the world and what God has done through Jesus Christ. So the, the Isaiah text, the Galatians text, the John text, they're all foundational. They're all part of who we are. But I want to share personally with you that this text of, of, from Paul's letter to the Galatians actually was one that changed my life, was one of the texts that changed the way I understood my relationship with God. Um, and and, um, and you try to remember those moments when you actually have a, see a shift and you go, oh, this is it. And it seems so simple. We've been told our whole lives that we are all God's children. If you are a Christian and you grew up in any kind of church, you were told we are God's children. But the power and the magnificence and the language of Paul's text is, is, it's, it's so, was so forceful it shook me one day as I was reading because it's, it insists uh, that you are not, that we are not simply workers, uh, employees of God. We are not simply uh, people who God has um, put to a task. We are, in fact, and the language in the original text is sons of God. And, of course, it's been changed to be more inclusive, which I totally appreciate. Uh, but the language says children. And the children of God language can sort of make us all feel like we're all little kids. But it actually means that we're all daughters and sons, heirs of God, that we are not just employees or ambassadors of God, but that we, in fact, through Jesus Christ, belong completely and utterly to God as God's daughters and sons. That we are not just someone, uh, people that God sort of will watch and see how we're doing and evaluate and observe and give us notes. We are, in fact, flesh and blood with the one creator of all things. That this is who we are. That this is in our DNA. That this isn't something we choose. This isn't something that we kind of move towards or decide to believe. But in reality, we just as a matter of who we are living in this world, because of God in Jesus Christ, every single one of us belongs as family, as flesh, as daughters and sons of the one living God. A powerful statement as we cry out Abba, which means Papa, Daddy, Father, Mama, Mother, as we cry to God in that way. Not boss, not oh Lord, although we do say that still. But Papa, Mama, we are, we are told that we have that kind of relationship with God. It's mind-blowing. It's so powerful that we often stray away from it and ignore it. As long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a dad. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a dad. Now, I got to tell you, I don't know how much of that was just me and how much of that was I was conditioned by our culture to think that when I grew up, I was going to get married and settle down and have kids. That's just what everyone around me was doing. And I think to some degree, it was just what I assumed I would do. But along with that assumption was a desire in my heart for it to be real, for it to happen. Well, my oldest child turns 13 in two days. Ah. I'm so excited about it. Um, I have three children, and um, indeed, it is the joy of my life. And I also am reminded of one of my favorite theologians who said about people who were about to get married, about a bride and a groom, that these two people, if they had any idea what they were getting themselves into with the vows they're about to make, they would never make them. If we had any idea what we were getting ourselves into, would we have done this? I'm a little, by the way, I always want to be careful when preachers talk about their spouses or their children. One, these are real people who don't need to be fodder for my sermons, so I won't say too much about them today. But also, I'm very aware of the fact that um, not everyone's meant to have children, and not everyone's meant to get married. 
and that the life that I've chosen or that's been chosen for me or whatever interaction with God that's been, I know that's not everybody. So I don't want to just make the assumption that when I talk like this, you know exactly what I mean. But, but I will say this, regardless of whether or not you've ever been married or whether or not you've had children, I, I think every single one of us knows what it means to have a deep yearning, a deep longing for something that makes us want to say yes. And then when we say yes to that thing, whatever it may be, it draws us into a deeper way of living that we weren't prepared for at all. That we're drawn into a deeper way of experiencing life through this deep desire, this yearning that we have. We're drawn into a, a, a more profound way of experiencing life that makes us question, should we have done this? Was this the right call? Especially when we see other people who have made different decisions and their lives look so much simpler, do they not? I've experienced this many times, not just with marriage or with children, I think. Um, I mean, as many of you know, most of you know, I'm a, I'm a native of California, and, uh, and I live in Cincinnati. I couldn't have imagined what that would have meant for me. I mean, I, I found myself the other day defending Skyline Chili to somebody. I was defending it. How dare you not call it chili, I said. What has become of me? We have no idea what will become of us when we say yes to something. We have no idea what will become of us. We seek uh, to be, well, we seek to love and be loved. We seek to enjoy this world. We seek to find validation and safety and security. We don't necessarily seek transformation. As people, we don't necessarily go into something saying, boy, I can't wait to be changed by this. I mean, I seek other people's transformation all the time. I would love for all you to change, but not me. I'd love everybody that I live with to change, you know, and be easier, but not me. I'd like the people I disagree with to be transformed. But my own transformation, I'm not sure. This is the power of Christmas. This is the power of our gospel. That we are transformed in ways we cannot imagine, not only by our own desires, not only by our own yes. We are transformed, friends, by God's desire, by God's yes. It is God who chooses to be our mother, our father. It is God who chooses to join with us, to redeem us, to become one with us, to love us. So much of our understanding of Christianity these days can be about what we do. Have you found Jesus? Are you praying? Are you worshiping? Do you go to church? What about what God is doing? I read something recently that said, I'm done making New Year's resolutions. I need 2024 to make a resolution to be a better year. I'm not going to try to be a better person in 24. 24 needs to be a better year for me. You know, the last few years have proven it's time for a better year. Likewise, we think so much about how we are supposed to be, what we are supposed to be for God, but the text, the gospel, the story over and over again is about what God is for us. From the very beginning, the language says, before faith we were, but then faith showed up. And when it says when faith showed up, it didn't mean all of a sudden we all had faith. Oh, before you had faith, you were disasters, but now you have faith and you're doing great. Well, first of all, we're all still disasters, so you know that's not what Paul meant. But secondly, he's saying, first he says, when faith came to us, and then immediately after he says, when Christ came to us. He's not talking about our faith. He's talking about Jesus. Paul is saying that Jesus is the faithfulness of God. That Jesus coming to us is God's yes to us, God's fidelity to us, God's decision, knowing exactly who we are to love us, to share life with us, and that this will transform us. To be family with God will change us. We know that now, right now, in the holiday season, best. Because this is when we see family and, remind, and are reminded of all the ways we've been formed and transformed. And how comfortable and uncomfortable that makes us. I have to tell you this. And then I'll sit down. We may not have any idea 
what we're getting ourselves into when we say yes to God. We may not have a clue what it means to be daughters and sons of the living God and to say yes to love. But Christmas is worth celebrating because Christmas tells us God knows exactly what they are getting themselves into and they say yes to us anyway. God knows you and loves you. God knows you better even than your own flesh, your own family. And God loves you and adores you. Christmas is not about your faithfulness. It is about God's faithfulness. Christmas is not about our manufactured joy. Christmas actually is about God's joy. The joy that God takes in you. You bring God joy. God didn't go like, oh gosh, I guess I have to be with these people. God said yes and says yes over and over again to you, to us, to this planet. Christmas is a time of joy because we remember God's joy in us, God's faithfulness to us, God's desire for us, God's hope with us. God has hope in us and with us. And this brings us um, unspeakable joy, but transformation we cannot imagine. You are not, you're not just someone who works for God. You are not someone who was brought into earth just to fulfill a specific set tasks so that God would say, well done. You are cherished beyond all imagination. Your salvation is not the end of your story, it is the beginning of your story. You belong completely and utterly. And it is our joy together to share in that truth and to see how it will transform us all, how it will transform this world, how it will make this world look more like heaven, how it will make love the strongest truth anyone has ever known. To that I say Merry Christmas and Amen. Please stand as you are able and join me in professing our faith as we say together our own baptismal covenant. Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. 
and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of the bread, and in the prayers? I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. I will God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will God's help. And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will with God's help. Wondrous God, whose love was made flesh on the, this holy night, hear as we pray and take to your heart all of our longings and thanks. Give us grace to call out to you with devotion and praise as we pray for the church and for the world, saying, hear our prayer. May the radiance of the star that shone brightly over Bethlehem illuminate our nation, filling it with light and peace. Emmanuel. May people in the world find refuge and love in times of danger and fear, and may the church be awakened to the human needs of our present time, Emmanuel. As the Magi came bearing gifts, may we this Christmas gift our loyal communi local community with the gold of charity, the myrrh of kindness, the incense of prayer. May we also give thanks for the gifts we have received, for our Bishop Wayne and Bishop-elect Kristen, especially for the baptism of Toby Michael Hebler, son of Rob and Sarah, and those we now name silently or aloud. Emmanuel. We pray for those who long for healing and relief from distress. We pray for all who suffer, especially Andrew, Andrew Banry, the Reverend Richard Elberfeld, Rob Hendricks, Ryan Patel, Brent Powell, Eric Williams, and Presiding Bishop Michael Curry. For those experiencing homelessness, those experiencing hunger, those in prison, those victims of wars in Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, and Sudan, for victims of mass shootings in our country throughout this past week in Washington, D.C., Corona, New York, Gwen Oak, Maryland, Fort Worth, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Houston, Texas, and Orlando, Florida, and those we now name silently or aloud. To these, our siblings, may our hearts be a manger of welcome and our hands a cradle of joy. Emmanuel. May the blessed hope of everlasting life be the truth of those we have known and loved but see no longer. We pray especially for those we name silently or aloud. For those who have died, including Mike Gilligan, husband of Jerry, dear friend of Joyce Keeshan, and Don Chamberlain, father of Denise Beecham, Emmanuel. We adore you, ever-present God, and we bless you, because by the holy birth of Christ you give hope to all the world. May our prayers become living words, inspired by the word who lives in us always, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Walk in love as Christ loves us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
be with you. Also be you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Because you gave Jesus Christ, your only Son, to be born for us, who by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit was made perfect man of the flesh of the Virgin Mary, his mother, so that we might be delivered from the bondage of sin and receive power to become your children. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
please stand as you are able and let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, life is short, and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love, make haste to be kind, and may the blessing of God Almighty, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit be among you now and remain with you unto the ages of ages. Amen. Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.